0: Welcome to the Sacred Feminine Power podcast, where we explore the many facets of feminine power and why it is so important for women and for men to step into this power in our world at this time. This is Emmy from Feminine Revered, and my magical guest for today is Annabelle Duboulet. Annabelle is the founder of the Avalon Rose Chapel, a spiritual teacher, author, transpersonal therapist, and inspirational speaker. On her 30-year quest to answer the question, why is God male, Annabelle has become an academic and experiential expert in the Avalon, Rose, Celtic, and Gnostic lineages, specializing in peeling back the layers of patriarchal distortion to uncover the original pagan and Gnostic teachings of our ancestors. She's also the author of *The Serpent's Tale*, a witch burnings novel set in Southern Italy, the land of the Black Madonna, and shares her academic knowledge and wisdom through online courses and in-person events, working with esoteric teachings, myth, archetypes, creativity, and ritual. Welcome, Annabelle.
1: Thank you so much, Emmy. I'm very grateful to be here and excited to uh, chat with you and share. Um, my experiences here in Avalon and with the Avalon Rose years so thank you.
0: Beautiful I am so happy to have you with us and I'm looking forward to learning from you today as well. Now since my podcast is called Sacred Feminine Power I always like to start by asking my guests what does Sacred Feminine Power mean to you personally?
1: Okay so I've been feeling into this and I think for me, when I was younger, I felt so completely powerless. And my story of becoming empowered has been intrinsically woven with my path of walking with the divine feminine, and specifically for me, with the Avalon Rose lineage. And so this idea of the sacred feminine power or empowerment uh, has come from my own path of gnosis um, which has been a repeated descent into the darkness and a rebirth back into the light which is at the foundation of the mythos of the avalon rose lineage and that it is this spiraling soul descent and ascent in union with goddess, with God, with all my guides uh, being led in reality actually by my children as the greatest teachers that has led to my empowerment and my embodiments of the feminine divine.
0: Mm, beautiful, and I have a feeling we're going to delve a lot deeper into what you've just described there in a moment. But I love how you are, in a beautiful way, marrying the the spiritual and then the everyday life. You talked about your children as your greatest teachers, and then having God and Goddess and your guides supporting you on your journey and leading the way for you in many ways. So that's beautiful. Yeah, yeah, awesome. Now. Annabel, would you please um, let us know about a challenge that you have faced on your path that's really helped you to activate the sacred feminine power and understand it at a deeper level? You already started alluding to this, but please go a bit deeper on that.
1: Um, So I'd like to share with you my
0: my story really with my children, which is
1: intrinsically woven with my spiritual uh, path. And um, as I mentioned, when I was younger, I was um, uh, in a place of feeling deeply powerless. In my 20s, I had a period of um, being suicidally depressed and self-harming. I was an addict. And all of that was in response to trauma that I suffered as a child through sexual abuse. And uh, I was then gifted, a baby in my womb. And I knew that I needed to call her Sophia, but at that time I didn't know why. And then when Sophia was born, she was born with a life-threatening syndrome requiring life-saving surgery at birth, and then a further 11 operations in the first five years of her life. And this was my initiation onto my path and onto my path with the black goddess Sophia. And my daughter Sophia led me repeatedly on this archetypal uh, descent of the soul, and then the rebirth, the ascent back into the light of greater wisdom, compassion, strength, courage, uh, that is the foundation myth of the rose lineage. And during these years, uh, we literally became the living embodiment of that mythos. So although I was studying... um, goddess theology and feminist theology and the concept of Sophia from an academic point of view, it was my daughter who was actually leading me on the lived embodied experience of that mythos. And intrinsic to that is an absolute disintegration of self. And this is the archetypal myth that we see throughout the millennium in the Rose lineage. Um, And if we look at it, for example, um, in ancient Sumeria, with the myth of the descent and ascent of Inanna, which is founded on the cycle of Venus, the planet Venus, with her seven waxing, uh, sorry, waning moon conjunctions, her three lunations in the underworld, and then her seven waxing moon conjunctions. So, this is the archetypal descent through the seven gates to meet with our shadow selves in the underworld, i.e. those challenging experiences in our lives. And then the ascent back up through those seven gates that are related to the seven chakras energetically in the body and the uh, consequential rebirth, the resurrection of self into the next spiral of life, but now bringing with us all that incredible wisdom, that greater capacity for love and compassion, that greater strength and courage that comes from surviving our challenges, um, you know, that we face all of us in our lives in our unique ways. And so that was the first um, part of my journey, really. And as I, uh, as Sophia, my daughter, became stable at age nine, I published my historical novel, *The Serpent's Tale*, which is based in southern Italy, where I used to live um, at the time of the witch burnings, and it explores uh, the myth of Sophia and the role of priestess of Sophia. And at the time, I naively believed that we had uh, gone through all the suffering we were going to have to go through. I felt that I truly understood uh, what the Black goddess Sophia had been teaching me and that I completely trusted in her, in life, in my soul's journey and trusted that darkness is not separate from light and that indeed it is within the darkest times of our lives that the greatest gifts often emerge. And so I gave a talk um, to a large audience sharing all of this um, as I published my novel. And I was six months pregnant with my son and we were in Glastonbury Avalon where we live. And three months later, my son was born uh, with an even more uh, rare and severe life-threatening syndrome. So he was born unable to breathe, feed, speak or smile and spent many months living in intensive care, uh, fighting for his life. Mm -hmm. And then when we brought him home, um, we were trained by intensive care nurses to resuscitate him ourselves. So there were many months where I was resuscitating him under emergency conditions several times a day. And this took uh, my journey with Goddess and with my soul, and with my children to a whole other level where we literally lived on that bridge between life and death, where I felt completely annihilated and where I lost total trust in goddess and in life. Um, And for a long time, I lost all ability to feel compassion Uh, I felt an enormous uh, amount of rage at the injustice, the seeming injustice of the suffering that my children were enduring. Um, And that is when I began to paint my healing womb art installation, which was a pregnancy and a birth in itself lasting nine months. And I painted four archetypes of the goddess. I painted Hecate, Hecate, as Mother of Loss, I painted Lilith as Mother of Solitude, Bridget as Mother of Healing, and Kuan Yin as Mother of Compassion. And I literally painted my way through those emotions of the rage and the grief and the pain with Mother of Loss. And then those feelings we can all relate to when we're going through deep challenge of that immense feeling of aloneness, that no matter how much people might reach out to us, that ultimately we are alone in the wilderness, uh, in those shadow feelings that we are journeying with. And actually in that place of the wilderness, that is where we find goddess. That is where we find our soul, our guides, and all those invisible energies and beings that are there supporting, loving, protecting, guiding us, even when we feel completely abandoned and alone. And then through painting Mother of Solitude and Lilith, I was able to come back to Bridget, who has been one of our greatest guides as a family, the Goddess Bride, Bridget, Bridey Bride. And she bathed us in her healing waters and her angelic energies. Um, And then I was able to come back eventually to this place of compassion with Kuan Yin once I had allowed myself, given myself full permission to express all the shadow emotions that are involved with these challenging experiences in our lives. And as I came back, to that place of compassion, I embodied that myth of Sophia at an even greater depth because I believe that uh, you only embody and are able to hold others to the depth that you have fallen. And so now, if I forward to 12 years, I... Um, We are in a place as a family of such deep gratitude. Um, I'm now actually just about to nurse my son through what will be the 20th operation that I've nursed my children through. But we feel so blessed and so grateful uh, for all the experiences that we've had that have been so intrinsically part of our spiritual life. And as a family, we have come to believe so devotedly in Goddess, in God, in our guides, in our soul's journeys, and to completely trust that our souls chose this. They chose each other and they chose the experiences that we've had so that we could be the people we need to be at this time on earth and bring through whatever soul gifts or wisdom, compassion, love. Um, that we have been gifted with from these shadow experiences um, to share with the world in the unique ways that our souls have contracted to do so. So at this point in our lives, I think we just feel deeply blessed and gifted by
0: the experiences that we've shared. Hmm. Wow. Thank you, Annabelle, for sharing so openly and so vulnerably about your journey. And I think you will be touching so many of our listeners at a very, very deep level with what you've shared. Thank you so much. Thank you, Amy. Thank Mm. you. Now, you've already started to open up a little bit about this, but how would you say these challenges that you've gone through and the place that you have arrived at with your children, how is this all supporting you on your path of service? How is it supporting you as you serve the goddess and and God? And how do you translate this into the work that you do? Okay, so I think
1: the most important lesson I have learned is to give ourselves permission to fully experience and express all our emotions. Even those where we might feel so angry with goddess, or the divine, that we reject them completely. You know, I was so angry with goddess, I felt she had completely abandoned me. And I swore I would never be her priestess again. And that's okay. That's important, you know, because it was in giving myself full permission to express the depth of my shadow emotions of rage, of lack of compassion, of all of that, that I was able to meet her in those depths. And that's when I realized that she wasn't doing it to me, that she was in fact the one who was holding me.
0: Mm.
1: Sorry, I always get really emotional when I speak about this, but um, it, was, it was there, you know, in those depths that I felt her arms around me. And I realized that she was the one who never abandoned me. She was the one who was always there. And that renewed such a depth of love and devotion in me for her, that I knew that I needed, that my whole life's purpose was to continue in service to her and to be a vessel for her divine love and wisdom and compassion to flow through me and to use my own experience. So I think one of the things I feel so passionately about is empowering other women who may have been through traumatic experiences such as abuse, who may have gone through periods of addiction, um, suicidal depression, um, self-loathing, lack of self-worth. And to really say, I know, I know where you're at and you are worth so much more, you are so worthy. Of being loved. You know, your light shines so brightly just for who you are, whether you're in the shadows at the moment or you're, you know, radiating your light brightly in the world. I see you and I see your light. And I think, yeah, that was the greatest gift for me that came from my experiences is in learning to recognize the light of Goddess within me. I was then able to recognize it in all beings and to want to empower anyone who was unable to recognize their own light to do so
0: mm, beautiful i love that and it's it's just such a such an honor to listen to you talk about it because it is it is such an embodied way of expressing that and it just uh shines through from everything you say I have goosebumps all over me just listening to you so thank you
1: thank you, thank
0: mm. you. would you please share a little bit more about the work you're doing at the moment uh with the rose lineage I would love to hear more about that
1: yes yes so um, I founded the Avalon Rose Chapel in 2018 and um it, the chapel is actually on one of the ancient islands in the Great Lake of Avalon which surrounds the central isle of Glastonbury and uh, we're actually situated in the Glastonbury zodiacal dog so there are 12 zodiac signs within the Glastonbury landscape and then there is one sign that's just outside on this island of the dogs, which is where the chapel is. And we are literally situated directly beneath the dog star Sirius. So I believe that this is a Syrian portal. You know, anyone who knows um, about myth will know that it is the dog that guards the gateway. Um, And I have three hounds myself. I have my big wolf here um, and two little ones. And the Archangel Michael Dragon Ley Line literally runs straight through the chapel. I'm actually sitting on it as we're recording this. And I have lived my entire life on the what they're called the Michael Mary Ley Lines, which are these two incredible dragon energy lines that weave their way across the British Isles. And at certain points they cross and they create a very powerful um, energetic sacred marriage at these points. So they cross at the Tor on Glastonbury Tor, and then the next place they cross is Bar Mump, which is just next to where I live and where the chapel is. So um, I feel very blessed to be a guardian of this chapel on this very ancient sacred island in Avalon, and um, I believe that. It was our destiny to come here as guardians to to guard this gateway to Avalon, which is the other world, the Isle of the Dead transformation and rebirth and blessed by the energies of Sirius um, and of Venus. And um, I'm dedicated to the Avalon Rose lineage, which for me is the union of the rose lineage, which I'm an academic expert in, which I track from Neolithic uh, Europe and the British Isles um, to ancient Sumeria, ancient Judaism, ancient Egypt, the ancient Greco-Romado, Pantheon, and then into early early Gnostic Christianity. And this is the wonderful point where We believe, as Gnostics living in Avalon, that Joseph of Arimathea brought Mother Mary and Magdalena and the Holy Grail Sarah back to Glastonbury to Avalon. And this is where we have the most powerful weaving of the Rose, the Celtic Druidic, and the Avalon lineages here in Avalon. So that's what I specialize in. And that's the energy that I really hold and transmit when I'm working with people. As an academic, um, I did my master's and my PhD uh, specializing in goddess paganism and then comparing that with feminist theology. So I'm really fascinated in Gnosticism, in that interplay between paganism and those early Gnostic teachings that are the true teachings of Yeshua and Magdalena as the embodiment of Sophia and the Christos. So, um, a lot of my work is based uh, and inspired by the Venus cycle. So, the planet Venus and her orbit and um, her waning and waxing moon conjunctions that create this sacred pentagram in the center of the celestial rose are at the foundation of the mythos of the rose lineage and inspired the myth of the descent and ascent of banana. So in my Rose Moon membership, um, which is the original Venus Cycle membership that's been active since the 1st of January 2019, we track this cycle and we go on this incredible archetypal soul development journey of descent and ascent every 19 months. So the next 19 month cycle begins on the 9th of January when Venus is reborn as the morning star but we are actually beginning on the 19th of December with my 22-day rose Moon Epiphany immersion. And that is designed to guide us through the Venus retrograde, which is aligning so magically this year with the winter solstice and Christmas portal and the 12 pearl gates, which is my immersion I usually share at this time of year, working with all the archangels, the rose deities, the archaea, And then this culminates in Epiphany and this incredible point of resurrection, which is followed just three days later by the birth, the rebirth of Venus as the Morning Star. So the energetic alignment this year is phenomenal. We have this incredible, intense layering of the potential for rebirth and resurrection. Um so, yes, I would love anyone who is interested in joining uh, my Roseman membership. Uh, our Rosemoon Grove for the next 19-month cycle is, is so welcome. Or if they want to just have a taste of the way I work, then they're very welcome to join the 22-Day Martian. And then they can decide whether they want to commit to the 19 months or not. Uh, mm. But we have the most incredible circle of sisters and brothers all over the world who meet monthly and journey together and support each other and it's a it's a huge blessing and a gift as a facilitator to be a part of that circle
0: mm. Beautiful, and and you said that you you have a combination of men and women journeying with I you. Do. I do yeah. absolutely, and on my priestess training. So I run an
1: uh, the Avalon Rose Priestess training every year that begins in August, and I've had men do that as well, which is just so perfect because we work very deeply with the main. Primary myth of the rose lineage which is the sacred marriage so we are always working not only with our inner king and queen our inner masculine and feminine but we are working with that concept of the sacred marriage internally and externally so all my um, trainings are open to all genders and those who uh, choose not to identify with a gender uh, mm-hmm. because for me these are just about energies Um, and they're not actually specific to gender
0: Mm -hmm. beautiful yeah and is the free gift that you're offering to our listeners is that the uh the the pre-journey that you mentioned just now
1: Yes, so the free gift I'm offering is one is um, uh, a video of me teaching live at the Avalon Rose Priestess Training, when I'm really explaining about what the Venus Cycle is and what it is in relation to the rose lineage. And I dive into the myth of Anana and really uh, help the listeners to trace um, this mythos that's flowing down through the millennia and arriving with Magdalena in Avalon. And then I'm also sharing the latest recording of our Rosemary webinar, which actually uh, has just happened. We have just walked through uh, the final seventh gate of Ascent. And I felt that this would be the most perfect way uh, for your listeners to really experience uh, the power of working with Venus, with Inanna, with these gates um, and and to receive um, their wisdom through me and through their own guides, their own embodied experience. Um, So I hope that they will really enjoy and uh,
0: feel inspired by those offerings. Mm, Sounds absolutely beautiful. Thank you. Thank you for sharing all of that. Now, um, Annabelle, before we start wrapping up, I would love to just hear from you. What is your interpretation of the current events taking place in our world? Um, the, the the sense of constriction and then the very real constriction that people are feeling around being able to do what we want to do, around loss of freedoms and around um, kind of being forced into a corner in many ways uh, about Decisions that concern our health and our lives on on many, many different levels. What what is your advice around that and how do you marry that with these beautiful teachings as well?
1: Okay, so I and my family draw on our own personal experience. So when my son came back from intensive care, he had to have two adults with him at all times legally for years. So our lives were completely restricted um, for... A couple of years, I was only able to actually leave the house for five hours a week on my own. Right. And we weren't able to travel, you know, um, just to, if we ran out of milk, we had to put the entire family and a mobile ambulance unit in the car, and we would have to resuscitate him probably twice in a 10-minute journey to the supermarket. So we were very accustomed to a life of loss of freedom and we had no other option. So we learned during that period, some coping mechanisms that have helped us so much with the pandemic. And, you know, many of them are like cliches, but they really are just truth. You have to live in the moment. You have to live in the day. And it is about, for me, Um, I'm very blessed with my dogs I'm very blessed that I live near incredible open fields and I ensure that I walk in nature every day that I connect to goddess to my guides to my soul through nature through my animals through prayer through meditation yoga pilates playing the piano the guitar dance whatever it is that your soul needs to express itself through, that is life. Like life is living in the moment. We cannot control what is happening in the world. We can't control the decisions the politicians are going to make. We can't control the news. You know, they control the news. So I actually avoid listening to the news and watching it. And I focus... I try to have what I call a soul's perspective on what's happening, which is where instead of getting stuck in the minutiae and in the fear around what's going on, I retreat to like my eagle soul perspective. And I think about this lifetime within the vastness of all my lifetimes, past and future. And then that helps to put this time that we're going through in perspective because it will end and something will come out of it. You know, it is impossible for there to be a death without a rebirth. We all know that deconstruction and the deconstruction specifically of this patriarchal world order has to lead to a rebirth, to a resurrection. And I believe, like I'm sure all your listeners do, that those of us who have contracted to be here on earth at this time, all have our part to play in that, in our own unique ways. But ultimately, we can only keep sane and grounded by shutting out the noise and keeping in the moment and in our own authentic soul's journey with the divine, with the earth. And that is all we can do. And that is
0: life. That is the beauty and the grace of life. Mm, beautiful. Thank you so much. That, I know, will bring a lot of medicine to our listeners. So I really appreciate the very, again, embodied wisdom from your own experience, especially from the time that your children were small. So thank you, thank you for sharing that.
1: You're so welcome, Ami.
0: Yeah. Now everybody, just for a moment, let's, let's bring our awareness to this powerful, beautiful energy of compassion and love that's been generated and activated during this interview. And imagine sharing and sending this energy throughout our planet and beyond to all that is. And remember that the more of us have the courage to step into our sacred feminine power and live in the moment, connecting with our guides, connecting with Mama Gaia, the more quickly our planet will also ascend and the more quickly she will heal. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being here.